Hey guys, by this time, your radio may be blaring. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I know that mine is, among so many other Christmas songs. I absolutely love Christmas songs. But chances are, you also know someone who is probably struggling as the holidays approach. You know, this season can be a painful reminder of what's missing, especially after a devastating loss or an unexpected trauma or a difficult transition. That's why we want to partner with you to give the gift of healing. Perhaps the greatest gift you can offer someone you love who is in pain are the resources that they need in order to partner with God to take back their story. So now, through December 9th, you can choose from among the incredible offerings at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries and receive a discount of $5, $15, $40, or even more. Here's how it works. If you spend $25 or more, you can get $5 off. If you spend $70 or more, you can get $15 off. If you spend $150 or more, you can get $40 off. Plus, we're offering 30% off of all of our coaching packages. With incredible Nothing Is Wasted ministry products and services like our 42-day devotional or our Pain to Purpose course or our one-on-one coaching with a certified coach, you can help your loved ones begin their healing journey this holiday. And on our store, there are gift certificate options for so many of these products. Now, to give the gift of healing this holiday season, simply use these promo codes, HEALING5, HEALING15, HEALING40. Now, HEALING is all capitalized. So HEALING5, HEALING15, HEALING40. And again, that's $5 off of $25 or more, $15 off $70 or more, or $40 off $150 or more. Listen, we know how hard it is to watch a loved one suffer through life's challenges, which is why we at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries create resources for a variety of pain points, everywhere from loss to sexual betrayal to childhood trauma, abortion, regret, and recovery, divorce, and so much more. We also know how hard it can be to know how to help someone through the painful parts of their story. And so we want to equip you to show that you care and to help your friends and family heal. There is no greater gift than helping someone navigate their pain-to-purpose journey. It'll bring so much fulfillment and satisfaction to you, and it'll bring so much hope and healing to your friends and family. Don't miss out on this chance to do just that. Take this opportunity for incredible savings on all of our products and let this season bring true comfort to those who are hurting around you. Again, this offer stands through December 9th, so take advantage of it now. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey Blackburn, and we're really excited that you're joining us this week, as we are every single week. Aubrey, yep. Christmas season's coming up. I'm Woo-hoo! really excited. I mean, that's my favorite. My, my favorite. Absolute favorite season. Um, and I just I just love the reminder that God is with us. And I know I that too, you, and I go ahead. I was just gonna I know that many of you have found yourself in a place where you need that reminder too. Yeah, God's absolutely. God is is with with you. you. I know. I think there is something so, I mean, 
you know, I'll sound a little cheesy here, but there is something so magical about Christmas lights mm. up, even Christmas trees. Cause, cause what we're doing is reminding ourselves that there's light in the darkness. Right. Mm. And even like seasonally yep. here in Chicago, it gets dark at like 4 PM. Now it's a little depressing. <laughs> so depressing. And yet I think all of that is like the world kind of going, yeah, it's darker. Yeah. It's darker, but Jesus is yeah. coming. Jesus is coming. And so we, right. our hope, our prayer for you. We're so glad you're here. We hope that you sense that light in your darkness today. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's yeah. part of why we do what we do. Mm. Next we week, Aubrey's incredible- going to sing Christmas oh. carols for us on, <laughs> on the show. So yeah, make get sure ready you for tune that. in next week for this. That's a best of episode, basically, <laughs> where, where I'm singing. We actually have an incredible conversation. Davies chatting with Quentin and Tamika Graham today. Yeah. Uh, their story of pain to purpose. And um, some of the, this one's a little unique because it's some of the pain that we bring on ourselves. And so I think this is going to be really meaningful for you listeners. Um, Before we dive in, Davey, I want to read another review. This is a really, it's kind of a long one, but it's a powerful Mm. one. Um, Okay. This reader says, or this listener says, most of the time I don't include everything my family has gone through when I meet someone new. Why? It's too much. It's honestly not believable. So the reactions vary from awkward silence to awkward pity. I think we all know how that feels. I'm just kind of cutting in here, going back to the review. And I don't blame them. But it does get lonely. I've personally gone through breast cancer and abusive marriages. I live with MS and lupus. My kids also have autoimmune diseases and a rare genetic syndrome. Struggles with mental health and church hurt have been horrific, horrific, pick a trauma. We have probably experienced it. But the way God has used this podcast and the variety of guests you interview is amazing. In one place, various situations of my own life are addressed and I can relate to so many things. I don't have to search. I can trust books recommended, other accounts, etc. As a result, I feel I've learned so much and feel surrounded rather than alone Thank you for making this about the big picture and not just one single story. Wow. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah. I mean. It takes, of, it takes a lot of courage to share mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Especially when yeah. you have shared oh. before and you haven't, it hasn't been received well. Yeah. Or people haven't been able to hold a space for you in that. Um, wow. Thank you. We, we want to encourage you to share your experience mm-hmm. with the podcast, with our ministry, share your story. Uh, go in and rate and review uh, this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And um, I think, you know, we've said this before, but you guys know this. It really helps to to get more exposure to the podcast. And these stories yeah. need to be heard by yeah. people. I mean, this is hope in your headphones. And so if you can help us out with that, it also encourages us. And so we love yeah. being able to read those on our own. We don't always read all of them on the podcast, like what we just did, but Mm -hmm. um, we'll definitely try to read yours as well. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, Aubrey, why don't we jump into my conversation with Quentin and Tamika, and we'll talk some more on the back end after this conversation. Well, Quentin, Tamika, it's so great to have you guys on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. We thank you for having us. Yes, glad to be here. Awesome. Um, well, you know, I, I'm really excited to dive into your story and to hear a little bit about, 
each one of you, because one of the things that I have found in my own story and so many people who are listening to this is that often God will bring two people together with their own unique stories, their own unique hurt, their own unique pain. And it's a beautiful thing when he does, but then there's a lot to untangle as that happens. And so before we kind of dive into, because that's, that's part of your story, before we dive into that, would you just share with us a little bit about what you guys are doing right now, where you're located in the country, so we can get a little context for you? Well, we're located uh, here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right here on the coast. Um, I'm a pastor, and uh, we pastor a church in Johnsonville, South Carolina, Whitechapel Free Will Holiness Church. So my wife and I, we're very busy with ministry. Um, we serve the community, uh, those that are in need. Um, and then we have five children. Uh, they are active in school. So you could only imagine the teamwork uh, that goes into this, as well as the prayer uh, just to navigate the schedules. But, you know, we're loving life, uh, loving ministry and serving God's people, because one of the things that we've learned is that the more you serve, the more God begins to reveal himself to us. And so we've just found ourselves in this place of service. And so that's 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 where we're at. So. And, and not only that, um, with all of that, I, I, I'm, I'm also a full time employee. <laughs> so I work full time as well. Um, so it's work, it's children, it's sports, it's ministry. Um, and it's a balancing act. But we thank God to be able to serve yeah. um, because, um, like he said, we, we our motto is, you know, what you make happen for others, God will in turn make happen for you. And so we are excited about being servants. Wow. Yes. Wow. I love that. I love that motto. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. You know, scripture says God refreshes those who refresh others. And what a, what a powerful reminder of that, because when we give God's kingdoms upside down, right? When we give of ourselves and we sacrifice, when we pour out, right, then, then it gets returned back to us. But when we live selfishly, then our soul just feels dry consistently, always. And so, yes. man, what an incredible thing that you guys are doing. So I want to dive into this because, it, you know, like I, like I alluded to, you're, you each have these unique stories of pain that you're navigating and have navigated. But at some point after you guys got married, and, and, and you can tell me what point that was, you kind of came to this realization that the pain and trauma that you guys had experienced in your past was really impacting your marriage now. When when was that point? And and why was that such a pivotal pivotal revelation for you guys? Um, I think that point for us um was around year four. Um we were realized that our communication skills weren't good. Um we were going in different directions and it all stemmed from um I'll just tell you a little bit about my back yeah. backdrop. I yeah. had a child at the age of 14 because I lived in a single parent home. Um, my dad wasn't around and I didn't meet him until I was 15. Um, so I felt a lot of abandonment, rejection, um, low self-esteem, different things like that. So it was hard for me to trust, um, thinking that everybody was going to walk out of my life Um thinking that everything could go wrong, was going to go wrong. Um, and it, it just was rough for us. Um, communication was a big thing for us. And now we are big advocates for counseling because counseling helped us. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so good. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're, 
we always tell people bad people don't need counseling. All people need counseling, right? That's all people. <laughs> Definitely. And, yeah. and I love that, you know, because what, what we talk about quite a bit and every story that we hear, there's this underlying theme that the pain, the trauma that we experience, whether it's something that's been done to us that we're a victim of, or whether it's something that we kind of incited on ourselves with some poor decisions, whatever it may be, it, it clings to us. That pain and trauma clings to us yes. unless we address yes. it. And so yes. you guys got to year four in your marriage. You realize there's some, there's some things that are off here. And, um, what, what, if you don't mind, what, what were some of the, uh, you know, if you can get, kind of get into some of the, the nuances of your communication, you know, I know I heard you say to Mika that the underlying theme was that you you felt like people were just going to come like walk out of your life, that they weren't going to stick around the abandonment and betrayal. Were you, were you seeing Quentin in that light or what was it that really brought this thing to the surface? I was, I was seeing him in that light and also, you know, sometimes our the devil will make our us, you know, play tricks on our mind to think that we're not good enough, mm. um, and we don't deserve, you know, this good life that we're living. And so I didn't think I was worthy enough, even though, you know, um, I was saved. Um, I still didn't feel like I was worthy enough to walk in the calling that God had for me or our marriage, and that I was good enough to have this good man. Mm. Um, I mean, I just did. Yep. Yep. And yep. And completely understandable. I think that, you know, we tend to experience that or, or, or begin to think those things, especially if we feel like that we've made some decisions that are outside of God's ways in our past. If we don't, if we're not proud of some of the decisions that we made, if we're carrying some of the consequences of that, we can tend to feel condemnation, shame, guilt yep. about those decisions. And that's not the, you know, if we're if we're honest, that's not the place that uh, we hear a lot of Christian leaders speak from, right? No, it's not. We often hear their successes, or at least they cover up their failures, to where it causes a lot of us to think, "Well, man, if I have some kind of a failure, then I I probably shouldn't tell people about it or come forward about that." Right. How have you? How have you? And maybe you guys can both speak to this. I don't know. How have you? begin to untangle that in your own life and being willing to be honest about those things? Um, I think that our, our life is like an open book. Um, and and I, my motto is, I can't tell you how to, you can't tell me how to get out of something if you've never been through anything. Mm. Um, and so I believe that until you've gone through some things, you can't really speak on it Um unless you've gone through it. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, you, God is not a waster of pain. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that he allowed us to go through some things in order for us to be able to help some people to come out. Um, and, and, and the only way to do that is to be transparent because it's not about us. Right. Um, and I want people to see what God did for me and glorify him right. and know that if he did it for me, he has no respectable person. He can do it for them. That's so good. That's so good. Um, Quentin, where were you at in that kind of four-year mark as this thing began to bubble up? And, you know, you you had some of your own trauma and pain that you were carrying as well. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, sure. And I think that's a a great question. Um, When it comes to the the pain and the trauma, I was the one that uh, was there for everyone. Growing up, up, I was uh, the eldest of three. And so 
I was always looked at as the one responsible for everyone's action. And so to have the rejection um, from my soon to be wife at the time, it was challenging for me because she she had this wall up. Uh, she didn't let me in. And so this idea of fight or flight kind of kicked in. So I was the one that kept pursuing, pursuing, not realizing that if you don't let God do it, we'll mess it up every time. Mm. If we put our hands on it to try to fix it, it'll never go as planned. So part of my issue was the rejection that I was receiving, and I connected that to my self-worth. So because she wasn't ready to accept or talk or communicate openly about her issues and my issues, it, it, it caused a, a lot of friction. Um, and like I said, year four was it was a tough year. Um, you know, at that point, I was really trying to figure this thing out. You know, was this you, God? I, I know I heard you before, but did I get it wrong? And so at that point, it was taking me back to other toxic relationships that I had uh, prior to our relationship. And so it put me in a space where I didn't want to talk anymore. And uh, it really humbled me. It really humbled me, brought me to a place of, okay, God, what is my purpose in all of this? What, what, what would you have me to do? And so from there is where I was able to really uh, get a clear understanding that, you know what? God can turn our mess into a message. And so instead of trying to you know, make everything look perfect and pretty and pristine, God was saying, no, I can get the glory out of this. I'm not afraid of your issues. I'm not afraid of your problems. I can turn this to one of the greatest story of redemption. And so it was at that moment uh, that God began to just humble me, that I removed myself out of the way and allow him to really work in the middle of our situation. Wow. That's got to be a tricky dance, though, right, Quentin? Where, you know, we are we are um, called upon, it feels like as men, right? To, and, and, and some of it I'm sure is a, a sacred calling and some of it is like a, a culturally imposed calling to pursue, mm-hmm. right? And to, to initiate and to, and to, and, and, and you might even hear, and, and you might even think, right? That like that pursuing and pursuing and pursuing could help to break down walls of someone who is resistant to that pursuit, right? right? It could help to, like, as I'm listening to this, I'm going, well, maybe that could have helped you, Tamika, to go, no, someone here really cares enough about you that that he wants to, you know, invite you in. And yet you're feeling this, resi- you know, you're feeling this inside of you going, I'm not, th- this isn't safe. I just don't know. And, you know, right. What? Well, how right. do you, how do you, how do you walk that tension? You know, Quentin, like, what does it look like to, to pursue lovingly, but not over pursue? And, you know, like, do you have any you have any advice on that? Because I know there are a lot of people listening that this this is their story. They're both coming into whether it's they both lost spouses, they're remarrying, or whether they just kind of come in with their own childhood trauma and they're, you know, we can't come into marriage thinking that we we clean ourselves up before we come together, right? And so we're gonna have this untangling of becoming one together. So how do we approach this, Quentin? Any any advice on that? Well, I think for me, it was getting back to my faith. Mm. Um you know, sometimes we can follow Christ, follow the word. We, we, we know religion, but I had to get back to my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And that reminder was the greatest among you shall serve. So I had to take the focus off of me and allow love to work, first of all, in me. And we know 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind. So I got back to those simple things, you know, just being patient. You know, if she didn't want to talk, you know, I let it be. So I think love for me uh, humbled me, uh, keeping Jesus Christ as that model. It helped me to be a better person. And with our relationship, you know, I think the key to all of it is that whenever you allow love to just reign in your heart and allow Christ to sit on the throne of your heart, he will lead and guide you. You know, Proverbs three, five and six says, you know, lean not to your own understanding. I, I had a habit of leaning to my own understanding. But he says, if in all your ways, acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. So I was getting revelation and he was revealing to me, holding a mirror, showing how I was making the situation worse. And sometimes it's hard to love someone when you've never looked in the mirror and really understand that God loves you just the way you are. Mm. And it's impossible to give to someone something that you've struggled to receive yourself. So I had to get back um, to my faith, get back to the foundation to really understand what love is and allow the love of Jesus Christ to transform my life first and be that example. And uh, I tell you, God really worked and he brought us together in a, in a powerful way. Hey, Nothing is Wasted family, I wanted to interrupt this conversation for a brief moment to let you know about a powerful resource that we have available for you. It's called the Pain to Purpose course. Now, I know many of you guys have heard of this, but in case you're new and you haven't heard of this, I wanted to make sure that you were in the know about this. Now listen, if you were to ask me this one question, Davey, what's the most important Nothing is Wasted resource that I should engage with? I would tell you, hands down, the Pain to Purpose course is it. Thousands of people now have found tremendous healing and breakthrough in their valley by walking through this course. Now, it's emotionally and spiritually intense, but I promise you it's well worth it. The Pain to Purpose course is an 11-video online course where I'll help you do four major things. Okay, the first one is this. I'll help you remove the debris of crisis in your life. So like trauma, tragedy, major life transition. The second thing is I'll guide you through the steps of repairing the emotional, relational, and spiritual broken pieces that were left in the wake of your trauma. Third, I'm going to lay out for you how to reestablish a firm foundation for a healthy and whole life. And finally, I'll help you discover and step into the missional and redemptive purposes God has for you out of your trauma. Over the past several years of hosting this podcast, I've noticed some things. No one's pain journey is the same. However, there are some common denominators that every pain to purpose story shares. And there are some common things that everyone who goes from tragedy to triumph have to do. So my team and I took those common denominators and we distilled them into an 11 video curriculum to give you the handles, or as we call them, waypoints that you'll need in order to walk through your unique pain journey. 
This course is essentially an entire year's worth of counseling condensed into 11 videos and the fraction of the cost of counseling. I believe counseling is, is very important to your healing journey. If the Pain to Purpose course had existed back when I lost my wife in 2015, I still would have sought counseling. But I wouldn't have had to have spent so much time or money with that counselor because I would have been light years ahead of things just from taking the Pain to Purpose course. So I'd love to invite you to begin accessing the course today. You can go to course.nothingiswasted.com to do that. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. And as a little bonus, I convinced my team to let me give you a discount. So right now, for a limited time, you can get $25 off the purchase of the course by using the promo code podcast at checkout. So again, that, that promo code is podcast. Maybe the course isn't something that you need right now, but you do have an option to purchase it as a gift for someone in your life who does need it right now. So just make sure you select the gift certificate option while you're purchasing that. So again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com and use the code podcast to get $25 off. Now back to this conversation. That's huge. I love that, that, you know, it's impossible to give some, something to someone that you haven't received yourself. And yes. that's a, you know, that, that we are a conduit of God's love, that we are, yes. we are not the source of it. Right. No. We, we it, it just, he works, he works through us through in that. And so we have to be willing right. to receive it. It can't bypass us. Yes. And, um, that's, that's huge, Quentin. That's a profound, profound thought. Uh, Tamika, what was, what was kind of the like tipping point for you then, you know, and I'm sure like, as we all talk about our stories you know, my wife and I talk about a lot, we reflect on how God's redeeming our story and how we're working through some of these same kinds of, uh, of issues of communication and, you know, uh, feelings of safety and providing that feelings of safety for each other in those conversations. And so we're not by any means, we haven't arrived. Right. And I, I, right. I would imagine you right. haven't either, but there, there's probably a, a tipping point that where you're like, wait a minute, I can start to open up and receive some of this now and trust. Yeah. What, it, what was that? It was when, um, like you said, I, I, I found myself at a low point and, um, prayer was my prayer was my saving grace. Um, and, and, and it, it, the more I prayed and asked God to take those things from me and open up my heart and, you know, lead and guide me and allow me to trust. And I just had to give it to him instead of trying to cover it up. And um, I think that's the problem with some of us. We think that God don't know and he knows it all. And and I always say he can't bless no mess. So if we continue to give him the mess, he can't bless it unless we give it to him wholeheartedly. So I just had to pray and say, God, I'm going to leave it in your hands. I'm going to allow you to work it out and, you know, continue to work on me. And I still ask him that to this day, I still ask him to continue to work on me to continue. Cause I, like you said, I, I have not arrived and I don't think I ever will. Um, but it's, I'm a continuous work. Um, and he continues to show himself mighty. Um, for me. And, and I just realized I had to think back on some things in my life. Like he has a track record with me and, and he's come through this time. And, 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 and I just know that he'll come through the next time. And, and it's just so much that he has done for me. Um, even in those four years, he, he had done a whole lot for me that 
I could just think back. And, you know, sometimes all we need is a minute to just think back on what God has done for us. It'll come back to our remembrance and, and we'll know that he can do it. And I just felt like, you know, after I gave it to him, after I just surrendered it all yeah. to him, that, it, you know, he 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 allowed me to open up. So you're, what you're saying, Tamika, is the the same, and, and, and probably it worked in tandem. This, at the same time that Quentin is realizing, like, I can't do this. I'm going to have to let the Lord do this. You're now experiencing this love from the Lord mm-hmm. that allowed you to, when he stepped back and was kind of like, all right, I'm not going to push on this. I'm, I'm going to be patient and trust the Lord in this process. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And it- that's exactly how God works. <laughs> I mean, that's how he, that's how he works. And, and that's exactly how it happened. It, it wasn't until he backed off <laughs> um, that God allowed me to know, like, look, I got you. You just let me lead and guide. Let me be, you know, the captain of this ship and, and, and you'll come through. All right. Mm. That's so- I think that's the awesome thing about, you know, God's transforming love is that, uh, you know, as we surrender to him more and more, that's the difference between a performance-based relationship and a grace-based relationship. And for me, you know, looking back, God's grace is amazing. You know, it takes the work out of it as far as our own thinking, our own logic, And when you just surrender all, just present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, do those daily things that are required to take care of your soul. Mm. He, I mean, Mm -hmm. God will do the rest. And, uh, and and I mean, it's just a, a testament to God's grace and his love of how he transform us. And, uh, and I truly give God glory for it because even now, as I think about it, you know, that moment and those times, I mean, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, really tough. But God was there the whole time. And the more we, again, we started reading and praying, we focused on not so much the aesthetics of a marriage, but the deep soul care. We were doing the needed things to take care of, you know, the spiritual part. And then God began to allow us to not only trust him more, but we were able to trust each other more. Wow. That's so good. You know, I, I I don't want to belabor this, but I I do feel like that, you know, one of, one of the things I'd love to hear from you, you know, as you've walked this path, I'm sure, I'm sure you're looking back and you're kind of peering into and reflecting on your own journey. And there's certain uh, insights that you can provide for people who are in a similar place that you were four years ago or a similar place that you were, you know, even beyond that four or five, six years ago. And, and so I wonder if, if you're having coffee with a couple right now and, and, and they're about to get married, but you each have insight into their own stories. Like, let's say Tamika, you've been, you've been counseling her, mentoring her, Quentin, you've been mentoring him and counseling him and they have no idea what they're about to get themselves into because they've not really addressed it with each other. What's like the roadmap that you would lay out for them? I know our stories don't line up linearly like that, right? But I do believe that we could probably learn from other people's experience. Wisdom can come from oh, other yeah. people's experience. So if you're if you're sitting down with them as a couple and you're like, all right, here's some things we've noticed. You know, uh, you've been sharing with me. You know, you've been sharing with him. 
we want to give you guys a little bit of a roadmap because the next four years, the next five years is going to be really bumpy if you don't understand these things. What would you say those things are? Number one is always keep God first yes. in mm. everything you do. Um, always consult him about everything you do before you make a move. Um, you know, consult with God. That's that's always number one what we tell people. And I think to to really uh, add to that, um, make sure that you're starting on a, a firm foundation. You know, what is going determine, have a plan. The, the Bible says it like this, that the, the time to prepare for war is in the time of peace. What is going to be your plan? Because conflicts are going to arise. Oftentimes, you know, and we see it often, you know, we are preparing for the wedding. You miss certain things and yeah. everything is fine until everything is not fine. So, you know, what I would say, you know, secondly, is have a plan. What is your plan? How are you going to communicate? You know, make sure that you set a plan to how you're going to resolve it. And make sure you include time and communication in that. What do I mean by time? Time sometimes allow others to cool down, calm down, and you're able to talk, you know, in a respectable way. The worst thing to do is be emotional and at the same time try to resolve conflict. That's the biggest thing I would say is make sure that time and communication, faith in God, is something that you are working on constantly and have a plan of how you're going to address any conflict that may arise because it will arise. And then I think the last thing that we always say is just take divorce out of the equation. Yes. That's not even an option. Yeah. Um, I think that we should just, when you go in, you go in till death do us part. We're going to work this thing out no matter what. And we go in knowing that we're not even going to bring up divorce at all in any situation. That's good. That's and, good. Just, and just know that marriage, you know, it helps us honor God. It, it, it keeps us serving. That's what it's really all about. Uh, keeps us serving, keeps us humble. Um, and I think for me, I like to share, you know, with couples, don't look at marriage as a, as a, just say a come up, because people will get into marriages for different reasons, you know, like it's a contract. No, it's a covenant. That's right. And in that covenant, because we serve a covenant keeping God, as long as you're honoring God first, you'll know how to honor your spouse. You know how, you know, to, to keep that love there, that even in the tough times, even when you go through the valleys, you know, God is still there to, to bring you through because tough times will come. And the only thing that's going to carry us through is God's grace, his love, his mercy. And so we have to just stay humble uh, at his feet. And, I, and we, do, we also say that marriage is hard work, but oh, it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. And what you put in is what you get out. So, you, you know, I, I've always heard people saying the grass is green on the other side. Well, you have to water your grass yeah. and you have to you have to water your own grass so that. So that it can be beautiful and um, what you get in is what you get out. But I will say that, you know, even though year four was our rough year, it definitely, definitely made our marriage so much stronger. Yes. So, so much stronger because we went through it. We give God the glory. Wow.
Wow. That's huge. You know, I, we, we talk about often that the only way out of the valley is through it. Right. That's right. And that is true of yep. relationships too, that yep. there has to be an element with which both of you are leaning into the hardship, the pain, the difficult conversations, and you're trying to do it in a way that honors God, that that will be the catalyst to healing and then moving through that valley yes. as well. Yes. 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 Because, you know, even in marriage, what we don't realize is sometimes, you know, those tough times will come. Um, And I don't know if Amy maybe shared it with you, but, you know, I, even just this year, um, you know, in March, I went in for just a regular surgery and um, found out that I had cancer, oh, uh, 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 rapid spreading cancer. But when I went in, um, it's, it's just amazing how God is because they usually don't do another ultrasound. But when I went in, my doctor could not find, remember where she was supposed to um, mark me up. So they ended up having to do an ultrasound and that's when they found the cancer and did a biopsy. Anyway, in the midst of all of that, um, you know, I started crying out to God in the midst of it, saying, God, I'm your servant. I serve your people. You know, you said that by your stripes, we are healed. And, you know, and, and for that moment, you know, I, I, I lost my faith. Um, and I was like, no, I had to pull it together. And I said, no, he has a track record with you. And so God brought it back to me that, you know, I'll do what I said I don't do. And, and I talked to the doctor, asked for what I needed to do, ended up having surgery um, to remove all of the cancer, did not have to have chemotherapy, did not have to have radiation, nothing. It was immediately God took the, took the cancer away, but I was down for a while. And so my husband had to honor those vows through sickness and in health. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times we forget that the vows that we take and what we profess out of our mouth will be tested. Yes. <laughs> it will be tested. So you will have to go through um, those things and you will have to honor what you said about God because it will be tested. Oh, yes. Wow. Wow. No, Amy did not share that with me, Tamika. Thanks for sharing that. That's, un that's, an, that's amazing testimony of God's faithfulness yes. and his healing in your life. And, and I love what you yes. said right there, that the, the vows that we take, our covenant with each other, our, our faith in the Lord, it's going to be tested, yeah. you know? And that's the, the scripture says, that's the only way that we can know that our faith is genuine, right? It tests only the way. genuineness of our faith. And it's not because God's like, I got to test you and see if your faith is genuine. He knows, right? That's right. It's us knowing. It's like testing. Wait, I know my faith is genuine because I'm able to continue to walk in faith and in trust, even when everything about what I see in my surrounding circumstances yes. aren't telling me that God is good. I'm going to trust that he is good, that he has this yes. and he's taking care of this. Yes. But I think sometimes he allows us to go through that, not just for us. Um, I think sometimes he allows us to be an example um, for other people to see how we go through, because if we say we trust him, then the, how we go through, um, will illuminate to somebody how we really trust him. So like I said, I had surgery on Friday. I was out of the hospital, very sore. And I was in the house of the Lord on Sunday because I knew where my help come from. And, and I think that made a big, it was a, it was a big impact on our, our church family to know that, you know, we don't just talk about it. We, tr I truly believe that God is a, is a healer and we live this thing out. It's not just word. Wow. That's so, that's so good. You know, the, the, 
it, I, I talk about it this way sometimes that, you know, in middle school, when like a fight would break out in the hallways and everybody looks, they're like, whoa. And they're like, ooh. And everybody kind of, every, all, everyone's attention is on that fight in the hallway, right? Yeah, it is yeah, the biggest yeah. deal that is happening. Well, when pain happens in our life, whatever it is, cancer diagnosis, you know, a, a, a divorce, a loss of a family member, right? Whatever it is. The, it's like the it's like our world, our sphere of influence, their next snap to attention to see how we're gonna handle that. They do. Yeah. Just like you said, Tamika, they're they're looking to go, how is this person are they are they genuine in their faith? Do they really believe the things that they have been saying? And right, right. um, you know, and God gets so he gets the glory. He gets so much um glory when when we just walk faithfully with him. And that is yeah, that is truly the way that people see who Jesus is, right? Idiot. As Colossians sa- says, we we fill up the sufferings of Christ, yes, by walking faithfully in our own suffering, right? Yep. Mm. Well, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about, um, Quentin, you you walked through a pretty crazy circumstance that that was a big pivotal turning point for you. It really. Uh, kind of galvanize a, a renewed sense of purpose and calling in your life. You you care to share some of that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, for me, um, I've, I've had a situation where I got into a toxic relationship, um, had a child. Uh, the woman was in a relationship. She was married. And so it rocked my world because for the first three, four months of my daughter's life, you know, I was there. I got called away to Iraq. So I left only to come back to find out. I was told, hey, this is not your child. Um, So that rocked me. Um, It really challenged me. And so that trauma, that hurt, that pain of having to deal with the unknown, knowing that God promised that he would share with me or I would be able to share with her at some point in time, I still carry that that pain and that hurt. So when we got together, she had a son, Dontrell. And so we were starting out as a blended family. And so what God showed me in my pain and my hurt and my longing, he says, no, I'm going to give you someone that you're going to love, that you're going to take care of. And as you take care of him, love him, teach him, show him the way, show him the faith, I'll take care of your daughter. And so that turning point was in the middle of that pain. It was a transition to where I took my focus off of really what was pulling me down, causing me to, you know, be depressed, revert into bad habits, negative thinking, thought patterns, wanting to end my life. But God says, don't focus on that pain. And whenever I met Tamika, me and Dontrell, we connected. And it gave me a sense of renewed purpose that my life is to be poured out to serve even if I'm hurting, God still gets the glory. And so today I, you know, I praise God because Dontrell, you know, we have the greatest relationship. 
He sees me as his dad. Every, I mean, you would know it. I mean, we talk uh, regularly and every day he calls his mom and me and he says how much he is grateful for the lessons. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just amazing how God turned all of that. And even now when I look back at it, I have no ill feelings, no ill will uh, towards the previous situation. I just constantly say, Lord, it's in your hand. You get the glory out of it. However you need to use my life, I'll share my story. But at the end of the day, I know according to Revelations 12, that we are overcomers by our testimonies and the blood of the lamb. And so that was the pivotal point for me. And I just, you know, thank God for how he allowed me to overcome those things. And and I'll just say this, that when he came into um, our, our son, Dontrell is 29 and um, he had cerebral palsy. So um, when Q came, it was a pivotal point in his life um, because his dad was not there. And so um, he came and he was his dad and he raised him. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and um, and um, he's an he 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 did a wonderful job with him um and people that didn't know us did not even know that he was not his real dad um and and that's how god does he'll he'll send just what we need to to help us get through whatever he, this was the son i had at 14 um in middle school and god like i said he he god is amazing he's done a lot of things for me a lot Hey guys, by this time, your radio may be blaring. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I know that mine is, among so many other Christmas songs. I absolutely love Christmas songs. But chances are, you also know someone who is probably struggling as the holidays approach. You know, this season can be a painful reminder of what's missing, especially after a devastating loss or an unexpected trauma or a difficult transition. That's why we want to partner with you to give the gift of healing. Perhaps the greatest gift you can offer someone you love who is in pain are the resources that they need in order to partner with God to take back their story. So now, through December 9th, you can choose from among the incredible offerings at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries and receive a discount of $5, $15, $40, or even more. Here's how it works. If you spend $25 or more, you can get $5 off. You spend $70 or more, you can get $15 off. If you spend $150 or more, you can get $40 off. Plus we're offering 30% off of all of our coaching packages. With incredible Nothing Is Wasted ministry products and services like our 42 day devotional or our pain to purpose course or our one-on-one coaching with a certified coach, you can help your loved ones begin their healing journey this holiday. And on our store, there are gift certificate options for so many of these products. Now to give the gift of healing this holiday season, simply use these promo codes, HEALING5, HEALING15, HEALING40. Now HEALING is all capitalized. So HEALING5, HEALING15, HEALING40. And again, that's $5 off of $25 or more, $15 off $70 or more, $40 off $150 or more. Listen, we know how hard it is to watch a loved one suffer through life's challenges, which is why we at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries create resources for a variety of pain points, everywhere from loss to sexual betrayal, to childhood trauma, abortion, regret, and recovery, divorce, and so much more. We also know how hard it can be 
to know how to help someone through the painful parts of their story. And so we want to equip you to show that you care and to help your friends and family heal. There is no greater gift than helping someone navigate their pain to purpose journey. It'll bring so much fulfillment and satisfaction to you, and it'll bring so much hope and healing to your friends and family. Don't miss out on this chance to do just that. Take this opportunity for incredible savings on all of our products and let this season bring true comfort to those who are hurting around you. Again, this offer stands through December 9th, so take advantage of it now. When we sit down and we talk about our stories and whether it's, you know, things that we had no control over that we're finding God meet us in that, or whether it's things that, you know, we feel like are self-inflicted pain because of decisions that we've made. It's amazing to see how it moves us when we reflect yeah. on how, how beautiful God is redeeming that story and just how perfectly in his timing, he put exactly exactly what needed to be there in that space. You know, we yeah. just get overwhelmed by being moved by that. And, and, and I'm, and I'm really, um, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm really, I'm proud of you guys. I'm awestruck by just how transparent you are about, um, you know, about your stories and, and, and your past and the mistakes that you've made and, and you're in ministry. Because again, we talked about this earlier, like that's not something that a lot of times people in ministry want to highlight and feature about yeah. their lives. And yet you're letting God use that as a powerful testimony of how he can, he can take even the, the worst of decisions and, and he can take even some of the, what, what some might say, the consequences of the decisions that you're living in, and he can redeem those, he can restore those, he can turn those into something beautiful. And I think the church needs to hear that more from people because yeah. and, most of the I, church is walking in stuff like that where we're going, man, yes. I have strayed from God. We all fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. Yeah. We all are carrying around the consequences of our sin nature. And we're all wondering, how do we not get consumed by condemnation, shame, and guilt? But how do we walk yeah. in purpose in the midst of that? Tamika, you were going to say something right there? Oh, no, I just I just said that um, I just feel like that we're really not called to the people in the church. Mm. We're, we're, we're called to the people outside the church. Um, I feel that we're called to unchurched people yeah. because mm -hmm. um, I think so many times that they can't relate because they feel like, you know, we as right. church people or as leaders, um, we put on this holier than thou um, facade, like we ain't never been through anything. Right. And the outside of the church, the people can't relate. Um, but I think that God is calling people or us to a place where people can relate and they know that, you know, if God can do it for them, yeah. you know, and I know where they came from, that he can definitely do it for me. Um, because I think the greatest testimony that we have is our life living. It's not what comes out of our mouth. It's our life living. Wow. That's so good. Anything that you guys could, could say to the person who's struggling right now with over, those overwhelming feelings of condemnation, of shame from their past, what would, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would, you know, I would just say to that person that's struggling with the shame and the guilt, give it to God. 
First Peter 5 and 7 says that God cares for us and we can just cast all our cares on him. And whenever you realize that you're in need of a savior, sometimes God will let us soak in our pain and our hurt because he uses pain again to the podcast. And I think uh, my wife said it earlier that God is not a waster of pain. He uses that pain to push us to that place that we say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And the Bible says that whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he rescues us from that low place. He, he cleans us up. He gives us a new mind. And to that person that is struggling with guilt and shame, give it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He can fix it. I'm a living witness that he can fix it. There's nothing that you can do or go through that God does not understand. He's just looking for those people who are humble enough to say, Lord, I give it to you. You take it. And when we give it to him, the burdens become lighter. We find ourselves moving in a direction that he is calling us. And by the time you look back, you realize, wow, how did I get to this point? Mm -hmm. And you have to give God praise and glory because even now as we reflect back over our life, it's nobody but God that have brought us here. And it was out of that pain that it brought us to a place of humility that we had to seek God with all our heart. And so I would just say to that person, give it to God, seek him. Don't stop seeking his will. He will give you an answer. He will help you get through it. And I would just say that God is married to the backslider. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's married to the backslider. So there's nothing so bad that we've done that God won't forgive us for um, as long as we come willing and and asking for forgiveness and willing um, for him to change us. Um, and I think that's that's the key. We have to have a made up mind that, God, we want you to yes. to change us. We want you to make us better. And um and it's not going to be easy, but I promise you, if you allow God to do it, he'll do it. Yes. That's so good. Well, you guys have written a book based around your life, your story, yeah. you guys coming together. It's called When Two Worlds Collide. I love that. Uh, we talk yeah. about, you know, my our family's a blended family too. You know, my wife, uh, her previous marriage, she had a daughter. And so that's our daughter. She's, she's our oldest. And then my previous marriage, our son is the middle one. And then we had one of ours together. Which incidentally, that means we have three firstborns. So everybody's fighting right. for alpha in our house, <laughs> and it feels like sometimes worlds are just colliding. Right? They they say blended family, which sounds so peaceful and interwoven and easy, and it's like nope, <laughs> boom, this thing just yes. What 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 do you guys hope for? I know this book has been really impactful for you to write it. It's, it's gonna it, it is really impactful for people as they read it. What do you hope for with this book? What's the message you're wanting to get across? I think the the message is just trust God with your whole life. Trust God with everything. Um, My wife's favorite scripture is uh, Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So the good, the bad, the ugly, God uses all of that um, and makes this wonderful story. And so what we hope that when people read this book to let them know that you can come from different backgrounds because we all are shaped by our experiences. Um, She didn't grow up in the church. 
I grew up in a very religious home, uh, got to college, experienced a level of freedom that I never really had before. So it was a lot to unpack in our lives. And so we were navigating through a season of our lives where we weren't really sure of who we were. And so we share a lot of this in our book. And so we just hope that when people read it, that at the end of the day, it all boils down to trusting God with everything that we have. And he knows how to bring it all together and make it a wonderful message for someone to know that if God did it for them, he can certainly do it for me. Yep. And then I would just say, um, trust the process. Um, We're going to go through some things and. (laughs) You know, we just got to know the good, the bad and the ugly. It's a process. But if you trust God and trust the process, he going to bring you out like pure gold. I love it. I love it. We're going to make sure that we put a link to that book on our show notes and on this pod, this, this episode's page. And so you guys can, if you're listening to this, you can grab a, a copy of Quentin Tamika Graham's book, When Two Worlds Collide. And um, guys, I'm just so, I'm grateful for you guys to, take the time and, and, and spend with us and share a bit of your story. And I know as people dive into this book, they're going to get a lot more of that and uh, a lot more of your heart coming through that. So thanks for sharing your heart with us and being vulnerable and transparent. It's awesome to have you guys here with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Aubrey, wonderful conversation with them. Yeah, they're Um, cool. I like them as a couple. I, I really, uh, man, I, I just really respected how open she was mm. and vulnerable about sharing, you know, hey, some of this pain I brought on myself and I've had to really yeah. think through that and untangle that. Um, and, you know, thinking through what, what, how I've brought kind of my past into this marriage. And, yeah. And the reality is, is when it comes to, you know, I mean, we've experienced this, whatever you experienced in the past, trauma related, pain, suffering, loss, whatever. You're bringing that as part of you, right? Yep. It's been seared into who you are. And so you're bringing that into any other relationship that you go into. So it's really important that you let God transform that pain yeah, so that you don't transfer it onto that other person. Ooh, that was good. Transform, transfer, Davey. That's good. That's what typically happens, right? Unless you you really do some of that work. We talk about the pain to purpose course, Aubrey, that there are multiple different perpetrators of pain. There's four specifically that we talk about. One of those perpetrators of pain or the reason there is pain in this world is our own sinful choices. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, so many of us, I mean, probably all of us to a varying degree or the other, we've lived with some pain, consequences, regret of our own sinful choices. Yep. And so it's important to understand that so that we can learn from those things, mm-hmm. right? And And make better decisions later, decisions that line up with the way God mm-hmm. intends for us and desires for us mm-hmm. to live. However, one of the that's one of the most difficult types of pain, especially if those consequences, I mean, if you're aware or you know, being made aware of those consequences every single day, if shame has really set in, yeah. which that happens quite often in this kind of a situation. So what one of the things that we get asked a lot, Aubrey, is how do I go from pain to purpose? Mm. When I've been the one that has caused this pain yeah. in my life, yeah. How do I let go of that? Ugh, I was just leading a retreat actually, and a woman came up to me later, and she confided in me. 
there's this sin that she's like, I, I can't experience God's forgiveness for, and I can't mm. forgive myself. And she said very honestly, and I actually appreciated the honesty. She said, part of it is I liked it. And so she was like, I am very yes. aware yeah. that part of the reason why I can't forgive myself or experience God's forgiveness is because I'm not sure that I'm like, I feel bad about it. You know right. what I mean? So, right. but that was causing her shame. Yeah. So that's what's interesting. It's like her shamelessness yeah. over the sin yeah. was causing her to experience shame. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. Like, cause there's so many people that express testimonies of God's forgiveness just washed mm. over me. I knew I was free. I knew, but I do interact with people. And it sounds like people are asking you the same question when you don't feel that freedom. Wow. When you don't like, then what do you do? And I, I wow. think it's a really Does, insightful question. Doesn't that just highlight the complexity of um, our human experience mm. in regards to sin, temptation, trauma, even like our emotions surrounding those things? Yeah. That things are not, um, usually they're not binary. <laughs> like, Totally. There's a lot of experience of nuance. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of, I feel this way. I don't know mm -hmm. why I feel this way. I'm frustrated that I feel this way. Yeah. I'm ashamed I feel this way. And yet yeah. I'm ashamed I don't feel shame. Like, <laughs> it really just highlights how the enemy can play on some of these things to keep us paralyzed. Man, man, it is so true. I think one of the places that I, I tend to, like when I'm thinking about shame that I brought on myself or people have brought on or people bring on themselves, I think sometimes it is a matter of sort of re-gospeling yourself, like yeah, remembering right. that part of the gospel is not just that Jesus took our sin, but mm. he also dealt with the resulting shame, right? Mm. And and especially in an honor shame culture like what what we don't always understand in the american west is that when jesus was dying for for sin it wasn't just the bad things we've done right. it was it's also that enemy's tactic of i'm not enough i'll right. never be enough i don't have god's approval i don't belong all that yeah. shame talk jesus died for that as well and we That's see right. it beautiful we see it in the garden of eden right adam and wow. eve sinned they experienced the resulting shame um, yep. Shame actually comes from the root word to cover. And what did they mm. immediately do? They covered themselves, covered themselves with fig leaves. And God said, no, 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 you're not. You're my children. You're not going to wear those fig leaves. Even though you've sinned, even though there are consequences, you're right. now out of the garden. I'm going to take those fig leaves off and replace it with clothing made by my own right. hands. Right. Clothing, by the way, made with by an animal sacrifice, which I think is really interesting. Like. We get ah, the beginning so, of like, yes. oh, there's some hints here, right? There are these and pointers we, to the gospel. Yes, to even Jesus, in the garden, the even in the garden. <laughs> and we, David talks about this: those who look to God are radiant; their faces are never covered in shame. And so, the work of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, is always replacing our shame with His radiance because yeah. of Jesus. And so, some of it is like we just have to remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel, That's right? So good. Like it's not the small thing; it's massive. It's bigger right. than we understand. And so, I mean, you know, we've talked about on the show before, like uh, mantras, but not for mantra's sake. Just to like remind yeah. us, no, right. this is who I am in Christ. I'm That's not right. my shame. I'm not my sin. I'm covered in God's radiance. It's just so. Some of it is like asking the Holy Spirit to re-gospel us again and again and again. Right. And I think also the communal aspect of our faith matters in these moments as we share our shame stories with safe people. Yeah. I think we find that shame doesn't doesn't thrive in the light, right? Yeah. And so we, we experience more and more freedom. Yeah. What do you tell people though, Davey, if, as they're 
Well, I mean, I don't think question. I can like add a whole lot to that. I just keep thinking about the Apostle Paul mm, when I think yeah. about, you know, and I mean, he writes about this, right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but this yes. is not someone who just wrote about it. This is someone who experienced yes. this. I mean, you have two sides of, I mean, you've got two very different caricatures of Paul in that you see he is like ultimately rigidly righteous as a Pharisee. Yep. Right? So he's so he is the epitome of a recovering Pharisee. Yep. He's so pharisaical that he did some just horrific things. Yeah. You know, we see that he approved of the martyrdom of Stephen. He sat there yeah. and 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 let that happen. So the yep. killing of Christians. Yep. He was he took part in that. He persecuted the church. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's this man that Jesus got radically got you know his radically got a hold of his life yeah and turned him around and yeah. of all people who could live with shame i mean he was being reminded of this i think what we miss is that when paul didn't just like all of a sudden like okay i had this radical conversion in acts chapter 9 and now i'm just one of the disciples one of the right, apostles right, here i am right? right like no there were years and years and years and years yeah. where Barnabas specifically was contending on behalf of Paul to be yep. let into the fold of apostles right, and disciples. Right, right. Like you know they they're did not super suspicious him. of the guy. Oh yeah. my gosh, they didn't receive him at all. Heck like, no. So you imagine the shame that had to creep over Paul yeah. in this, that he had to remind himself, okay, there's no mm-hmm. condemnation for this. Like you are staring the, some of the best friends of Stephen in the face and now you're about to do ministry with them. Woo! Like that's a reminder every single day of these horrible choices yep. that Paul made. Yeah. And yet he's the one that says, forgetting what is behind, mm. stretching out toward what is ahead. Yeah. Right. I continue to pursue after the the, mm. the goal that is set before me in Christ. Mm. Um, and so that that is that's what I ha- always have to go back to as this guy. Who and then you see That's this good, over Davey. and over and over and over in scriptures. I said the other the other day uh, to Weston, I said Elisha's one of my favorite Bible characters, and Christy goes, "Characters? This isn't like a storybook. <laughs> These are real people." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I know, I know, but I'm here, I'm talking, you know." But she correct, and it, and it made me go, "These are yeah. real, yeah, people. Like, yeah. Rem- remember, this is real life." Yeah. And the yeah, pain and the good. hardship and the trauma and the mm. the the sin that they committed. Mm. And yet and yet God declared these people righteous because yeah. of the finished work of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's what we have to keep going back to. Yeah, we do. Uh, when it comes to this. Yeah. Uh, easier said yeah. than done. Yeah. But recognize that that is going to be one of the that's going to be quicksand in your pain to purpose journey. The yeah. enemy's going to try to remind you of your past. An old preacher, I've heard you know preachers say, when the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you remind him of his future, right? Amen. Isn't that a Carmen <laughs> song or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but that's good. It's a good, it's a good cliche it still for is a good, reason, right? right? It's still yeah, good. some of those sayings are so good. Well, so, if you are, you know, if you're struggling at all, right, or if you yeah. just want more resources uh, for walking with Jesus in your pain, for overcoming the shame that you might be walking with, or just remembering the gospel, we would love to invite you to go to nothingiswasted.com slash community. 
We have our community platform there where you can connect with other people uh, experiencing healing and and freedom in their own pain journeys. We also want to invite you to Community Plus where we have all kinds of resources uh, set aside and made specifically with you in mind because we want to empower you to partner with God to take back your story. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash community. Yeah. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can download his music anywhere where you can stream and download music. Uh, we'd love to invite you to engage with us, not not only on nothingiswasted.com and our community platform, but also on Instagram. We're there, Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Uh, you can you can engage with me at Davey Blackburn. You can engage with Aubrey at Obsamp. And, um, and we also want to invite you to check us out on YouTube. You listen to this right now. You're in the car. Don't watch it on YouTube while you're in the car. But Please think don't about, do that. <laughs> consider coming over to YouTube, watching this, and uh, watching these conversations we have with these great guests, um, and then subscribing on YouTube yeah. over there. Um, so we appreciate you guys being a part of this community. Next week, we have another incredible conversation for you with Melissa Swain. And uh, I think we'll just go ahead and let you take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Melissa. And I think in our um, kind of family-centric American Christianity, like we're, yeah. we, I feel bad for singles in American Christianity because they get oh, yeah. pretty marginalized. Right. And like right. the upper echelon is you're a mom and a dad and you've got kids. And then that's the whole yep. thing. And so we've deified or idolized this particular structure. Um, mm. And therefore, uh, if I want to be cool in my church, I'm going to have these great, perfectly behaved children and wow. they are going to be in kind of some weird narcissistic way. They're going to be a reflection of who I am. Wow. And um, let me just tell you, folks, <laughs> that's a very dangerous way to live because Man. 100% of your kids are going to do crazy things and they're going to dis- disappoint you and they're going to be out in the community when they do it. And so if your <laughs> identity is tied to their behavior, you're on a slippery slope of identity. 